Hello, and welcome to Start By Listening, the podcast about sexual harm. We are centered on educating and empowering our Western Kentucky communities. Our goal is to transform the way we talk about sexual harm. Transformation begins by listening to understand. We talk so you can listen today and change the world tomorrow. Welcome everyone to our inaugural podcast. I'm Jennifer Francis Gehring, aka The Friendly Therapist, and I have here with me today Terry Crow, aka our legal advocate with attitude. And today we are going to interview each other so you get to know who we are, what we do, and how we came to be here at New Beginnings. And the first thing I'd like for us to just give you all today as our audience is just a little bit of information about who New Beginnings is, what New Beginnings does, where we are, all of that good stuff. So I'm going to turn it over to Terry, and she's going to tell you guys about New Beginnings. Hey, Terry. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, everyone. Well, New Beginnings is the Sexual Assault Support Center, otherwise known as the Rape Crisis Center, for the grad region in Western Kentucky. So what we do is we provide all free 24-hour services to anyone who has been affected by sexual harm. So we not only help the victim, but we also help their friends and family members and others potentially who have been affected by that harm as well. And so we do everything from respond to the emergency room if someone presents to the emergency department as the victim of sexual assault or sexual abuse, all the way through assisting them through educating about the court system, accompanying during legal and court proceedings, and providing crisis counseling and therapeutic services. And in addition to those responsive after-the-fact services, we also try to prevent sexual harm from occurring in the first place, Mm -hmm. and have lots of education prevention services as well. So one way to think of New Beginnings in the Owensboro area is that we are the one-stop shop for everything sexual harm. And we do this through our overarching mission, which is helping men, women, and children rise above sexual victimization. Yeah, that's that's a great explanation of who we are and what we do. And I, for one, am so glad that our community has new beginnings because really, mm-hmm. like you said, we are the one-stop shop for individuals who have experienced that sexual assault or um, sexual abuse, and we can really help people understand their rights how to receive services, and what do we do now? Yes, I think that we are a hidden gem in the grad region. Many people do know about New Beginnings, but many people do not know about us until, unfortunately, they need to know or get referred to us. 
And I think that once people walk through our doors in non-pandemic times or talk to us on the phone mm-hmm. or email us or contact us on Facebook, I think they are pleasantly surprised by what we do, the vast variety of services that we provide and how we provide those services. I think that, you know, if, if I do say so myself or if we do say so ourselves, that New Beginnings is is just a, a, a little gem in our community that everybody needs to know about, whether it's on the response side, if something has happened, mm-hmm. but also on the prevention side and the awareness side so that hopefully we stop things from happening in the first place. Yeah, I love the fact that we do so much prevention work um, and education, and I think that's where it is. Me too, and I think those two things complement each other. You know, hopefully over time, the prevention piece will grow larger and larger, so that we don't need as much of the responsive side helping folks after some sort of sexual harm has been done to them. Hopefully through prevention efforts that we do, as well as other similar agencies, hopefully, you know, we work ourselves out of a job is really our goal. But in the meantime, we are an oasis, you know, on an island or a refuge for people that live within our seven county region, mm-hmm. which is Davis, Henderson, Ohio, Union, McLean, Webster and Hancock counties. And again, we do provide all free services to folks in those counties 24 hours a day. All you have to do is give us a call. We'll meet you sort of where you're at, figuratively speaking, mm-hmm. and match or tailor our services to you. We don't want anybody to have to walk the road alone trying to figure this out. Yeah. And I really like how you said trying to figure this out because, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Drum roll, please. <laughs> We're going to try to figure each other out today. This is going to be a fun podcast. Well, it was our first one. Yes, and we do know each other quite well because yeah. we've worked together for several years. Yeah. But we have selected some questions today that are going to help us get to know each other even more or on a different level than we already do. As Brene Brown would say, we're going to be a little vulnerable. Yes, we are. And we're going to embrace that vulnerability. That's important, I think, in growing as a person, but also growing as coworkers and friends as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm ready, as I'll ever be. Okay, so I'll get started. Ooh, this is going to be fun. Okay. Um, And uh, I guess to let everybody know, what we've kind of done is we've come up with five questions that are exactly alike, and we're going to ask each other those. But the twist, the plot twist. There's always got to be a twist. Yes, the plot twist on this podcast. Terry has five questions that she has come up with that I have no clue what she's going to ask me. And I have five questions that I'm going to ask Terry. She doesn't have a clue what those are. So, but then, but wait, there's more. There's more. Yes. Ooh, at detail. the end, there's rapid fire questions. 
I forgot. Yeah. So it's five questions that we each are going to ask each other, the same questions, then five surprise questions for each other and that we can take time to answer and kind of think about. Yes. And then at the end, we're going to do 10 rapid fire off the top of your head answer questions at the end. So we're going to get to know each other quite well. And so are you. So we hope you enjoy this ride that we're going to take through these questions. Oh, yeah. This is going to be great. Okay. <clears throat> Terry, are you ready? As I'll ever be, my friend. Go. All right. First Fire away. Fire away. That was a great song, too. All right. First question. What brought you to this line of work? Excellent question. Well, um, the short answer, kind of, is Law and Order SVU. Um, the longer answer and the more serious answer, and in, in a lot of ways, the real answer is mm. um, my mother. She had several experiences growing up throughout her life as a, a child and a very young woman that were sexual harm. And it impacted her tremendously. Mm -hmm. And I didn't find out about some of them until after she had died. And I read a journal that she kept. So over the next few years following her death, um, my daughter was still quite young. And I was looking for something in the way of volunteering to give back, you know, to help people, but also help myself as well so that I had something um volunteer-wise to do with my time. And after having watched every single episode of Law & Order SVU um, as part of my true crime habit, and I can quit any time I want to, thank you very much, um, I googled Owensboro Rape Crisis Center because I had decided through my interest in true crime, Law & Order SVU, and my mother's experience and feeling a passion for that field mm -hmm. um, that I just Googled rape crisis Owensboro and I stumbled upon new beginnings and I thought, huh, they really, we do really have a, a rape crisis center. And I reached out to the volunteer coordinator and went through the volunteer training and spent a couple of years as a volunteer and then was lucky enough to be interviewed for a full-time position when that came up in 2013 and was hired. And that's how I came to work in this field. In my previous life, I was a bookseller and librarian. And this is very different. Um, and that's how I came to it. I was looking for a volunteer opportunity, was inspired by the passion that I have for the field based on the things that my mother had been through and written about and the thing that stuck out in my mind from her journal that was really the catalyst to reach out to new beginnings was, <clears throat> excuse me, she wrote in her journal that when she was a child, a family member had attempted to molest her, but she never ever told anybody because this was the 19... Early, early to mid-1940s in rural Kentucky. And, and she wrote, she said, I knew that no one would ever believe me because everybody thought that this family member hung the moon. Mm. So I never said anything. And that went straight to my gut and mm -hmm. to my heart. And I thought, 
I don't ever want somebody else to feel that way. Yeah. And I, one thing led to another and here I am. So that's my story yeah. and my experience and <clears throat> my inspiration of what led me here. So I'll turn the question to you. So what, what brought you to this line of work in sexual trauma and sexual harm? Wow, that's a, that's a good one. So you asked the question, what brought me here? And that's a really good one. I think I probably said that. Um, I had been working in the local hospital um, in the ICU as a nurse, as a nurse case manager. And um, I just really felt a calling to come back to my social work roots. And um, I had written a bucket list years ago. And on this bucket list, I had wanted to eventually receive my LCSW because I'm a social worker. And I saw where New Beginnings was hiring for a therapist and they were willing to hire a CSW, which is what I was, which means I had not gone through all of my supervision and training uh, clinically to be a therapist of an independent practitioner nature. So I sent in my resume and I got an interview. I was so excited. And I will tell you, I have never been in an interview with that many people before. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I can imagine it felt like walking in on an army staring at you. It it did. And I will tell you too that, um, yeah, it was just, there was a lot of people. Um, However, obviously I did well in the interview because here I am. They hired me. And so for the last four years, I've been working here in the Davis County, McLean County and Hancock County area um, as a therapist. So, yeah, it was a returning to my social work roots. That's what brought me to this work. And my very first job out of college in 1998, that's a long time ago, <laughs> um, I had worked in Louisville, Kentucky for the local domestic violence slash sexual assault center. Um, it was called the Center for Women and Families. And I had had a little bit of interactions with sexual assault survivors, but mostly back in the 90s, it was uh, working around domestic violence. So yeah, that's how I came to be. Well, Jennifer, we made it through the first question, and so let's move on to the second question, which is, what does New Beginnings mean to you? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Um, Gosh, New Beginnings means so much to me. Um, hmm. I don't even know where to begin. (laughs) I think if I had to give an answer, it would be... That new beginnings means safety, security, comfort, compassion, empowerment. It's just this amazing organization that is focused on healing trauma, sexual trauma of individuals within our communities, 
And that's really what it means to me. You know, I can't think of one client, whether that client was three years old or 89 years old, that hasn't said, I feel safe here. Literally, in our building, in our offices, in our parking lot. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's really, that's what New Beginnings means to me. And it also means to me on a professional level, an opportunity to come to work every day and interact with people and help them. I also get to grow and learn and develop into the best therapist that I can be. Um, and I love that. So yeah, that's what New Beginning means to me. So what about you? <laughs> what does New Beginnings mean to you, Terry? For me, New Beginnings means all of those adjectives that you just used. Compassion, safety, refuge, I guess I should say nouns and adjectives. Um, mm. But, you know, who's being a grammar Nazi today? Not me. Uh, for me, new beginnings means hope and the opportunity to reckon with life and experiences that people have been through through no fault of their own and to realize that they are not at fault, have that opportunity to know, to really learn how to feel that they aren't at fault, not just know it, but to feel it. Yeah. And to move into the latter and last stages of the healing process and to understand and be able to, to understand that trauma, how it has affected them, but that it no longer controls their lives. Mm -hmm. I think most of the clients who meet with us are toward the first one to three stages of healing. For sexual trauma and they get trapped often and stuck in that middle stage where it's outward satisfaction like I'm good it's okay I'm fine I'm just going to move on look I'm going to work I'm not mm -hmm. really hurt but they are yeah and so new beginnings to me represents not only a refuge where people can come and heal and grow and understand, but it's also a way station. You know, it's a depot, it's a stop where they can get the refuge refuge that they need, but then with time and effort and our amazing therapy and therapists work, they then move on to live happier, healthier lives where they've integrated the trauma, the experiences into their, their, their being, mm -hmm. but they're no longer defining themselves by the victimization or the harm. And they're moving on to something else where they still recognize 
obviously, that they've been through these experiences and they understand how they've been affected by them in the past and may continue to be affected by them in the future. But it's not defining them and it's not controlling them. Yeah. So to me, New Beginnings is that refuge, but it's also a way station where we only we get people for a short period of time and they complete therapy, hopefully. Mm hmm. Or we see them through and help them through the court process. And then we bid them, you know, farewell and Godspeed on the next part of their journey. And some people do come back and revisit us from time to time for different things. But to me, New Beginnings is, is that refuge that gives people time to stop and breathe and learn and then transcend what someone else chose to do to them. All right, we are moving on to question three, Jennifer. How has working in sexual trauma impacted your work and professional lives? Hmm. Wow, that's a very philosophical <laughs> and psychological. We're getting very deep. Yes, very deep. Um. Well, here's the short answer and here's the long answer. Trauma has impacted my personal life and my work life. Um, I chose a profession 20 plus years ago that was steeped in trauma, social work. I have worked in traumatic environments for the last 20 years. Um, you know, I've worked with survivors of domestic violence, survivors of sexual assault. I've worked in the uh, foster care system. I worked at the University of Louisville Hospital, which is a level one trauma center. And I saw medical things I didn't even know existed. Then I became a nurse and, you know, I did nursing and that's a whole different type of trauma when you get medical trauma combined with the psychological effects of medical disease processes. And now I've landed here at New Beginnings and we work in trauma eight plus hours a day. Um, that's the nature of the beast, as many people in our profession will say. So I've chosen a profession that is steeped in trauma and that absolutely can affect my personal life. And I, I would say that working in 20 plus years has affected me personally. How can it not affect me? Mm -hmm. you'd, be a, you'd have to be a robot in order for it not to affect you. Or you'd have to be a total um, you know, psychopath without uh, the ability to feel empathy. And not be affected. Those are the yeah. only two ways you can really, I think, not be affected by this. Absolutely correct. And so I will say that it's only been in the last five years, going on five years, that I have truly come to understand how working in 20 plus years of trauma has affected my body physically, my soul and my emotional well-being. And so that's why it's just imperative that 
those of us who have chosen these professions, these helping professions, we have to learn how to process and work through our own trauma, our secondary trauma of listening to other people's stories or witnessing other people's trauma. Um, And that's just a natural thing that happens. We get traumatized by bearing witness to another's trauma. Mm -hmm. And so it's our responsibility as those helping professionals to get help and to work through our own stuff. So, you know, that's why I sit in my backyard in my rocking chair. That's why I do my deep breathing. I listen to music. I chant. I play a drum. I'm sure my neighbors are like, oh, my God, there's that crazy woman. Let's just ignore her. We're not going to talk to her. She doesn't exist, right? Um, but it's finding what works for you, right? But it has it has affected my body. It has affected my soul. And it has affected my mental well-being over the last 20 years. And, and I will tell you today, um, at this moment in this time, that I am the best best, most authentic version of who I am. Um, And I love who I am. And I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't experienced that kind of trauma, you know, and gone through the healing and, you know, doing the work. So, yeah, that's how trauma has impacted my personal and my work life. Uh, what about you, Terry? I mean, I know you said you were a librarian and you worked, you know, in the library and that's not a, really... a traumatic job. Yeah. It's pretty quiet. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty quiet, non-traumatic, although you'd be surprised um, by human behavior in the library. It's a psychological observation opportunity at all times because, mm-hmm. you know, humans are unique, but, but overall, no, being a librarian or a bookseller was very interesting. It was intellectually stimulating. It was socially fun a lot, but traumatic. No, not, not like this. Um, so for, for me working in trauma, the last approximately 10 years, because I started with new beginnings as a volunteer, so I started, you know, baby steps, mm-hmm. um, taking on people's trauma just here and there when I would respond to the ER as a volunteer. Um, but there is absolutely no doubt that trauma has impacted me both personally and professionally. Who doesn't have bad things that have happened to them? Some of us have very intense things that are bad that happen. Some of us have maybe a cluster of smaller things, but I think we all have traumatic things that happen. Mm -hmm. So yes, so there were definitely uh, things that happened directly to me um, of a traumatic nature. There are things that were passed down to me through the generational effects um, of trauma for me personally. Oh, that's a great topic. Yes, that could be a whole Mm. episode on its own. Yes, it could. Um, And really needs to be. But um, so I, of course, you know, absorb trauma uh, through my family, Mm -hmm. etc. But then working in trauma professionally, and getting paid to do it for the last, you know, seven ish years, give or take, mm-hmm. um, has impacted me in ways that were impossible to know until you work 
every day at a rape crisis center or a domestic violence shelter or an ER or a police station or on an ambulance crew and other professions that are the helping professions that you mentioned earlier. So for me, trauma has definitely impacted my personal life. Um, there are all kinds of traumas that, you know, I brought in a big suitcase with me when I started working here at New Beginnings. Mm -hmm. And then I have packed another suitcase full of secondary trauma that I have packed and reorganized and, you know, weeded out and changed suitcases several times and learned how to drag that one with me too. Um, and so like you, I feel that working with New Beginnings or working at New Beginnings has, by the nature of this field, when it's done right, mm -hmm. as it is done at New Beginnings, because there are many agencies that work as first responders or in traumatic fields that don't do it right and they don't have a culture of self-care or compassion or being good stewards of your own trauma so that then you can turn around and be well yourself for yourself, mm -hmm. but also to do services well to the public. Um, so all that said, um, like you, I feel like I am a better and different version of myself for having worked at New Beginnings. Yes. So on the one hand, taking on trauma for a living at New Beginnings is a heavy burden to bear and a passion that you have to have. Otherwise, it's you won't make it working in any trauma field. Um, so anyway, long story short, it's definitely impacted me both ways. You know, I have uh, personally and professionally, I have a suitcase for both, you know, mm -hmm. kind of in my head and in my heart. Um, and over time, I learn how to reorganize or buy a new set of luggage or a smaller set so that I'm integrating appropriately and processing appropriately everything that we take on here at New Beginnings. Mm -hmm. um, so it's impacted me, you know, in the ways that I trust or don't trust. It's impacted me in the much healthier boundaries that I have interpersonally and, you know, intrinsically um, since working at New Beginnings. It's made me much more open in some ways and much, much more cautious in other ways. And so over time, um, it's kind of honed me into being more of me. Yeah. And in turn, that has allowed me to hopefully have served our clients better over time. The more that any of us work on ourselves, the better version of us um, can connect with friends or family members or clients and just make the world a, a better place, which sounds super touchy-feely and very like kumbaya, but it's true. If you work in a trauma field, mm -hmm. in a trauma-informed place with a culture that understands trauma and the importance of those self-care components, it can transform your life whether you're a client or staff. Yeah. 
Beautiful answer. So question four mm -hmm. um, is, um, is working in sexual trauma what you thought it would be? Is it what you thought you signed up for or is it something different? Uh, this is probably one of my favorite questions uh, when we were coming up with the first five. And I have to say what I thought it would be is not what it is. Um, and I think that's a good thing because I had in my mind that working in sexual trauma would be just 100% overwhelming, sad, depressing, you know, and I came into it with a, that thought based on my experience 20 years ago. And remember, 20 years younger, right? So mm -hmm. a person in their <laughs> 20s, that was what my experience had been. And that's where I was at that moment in time, right? With my own personal growth and development. So that's all I knew, right? Um, so then I come to new beginnings 20 years in the future. Now I'm in my 40s. And I was just like blown away. <laughs> I met this amazing, small but mighty group of strong, courageous, brave, empowered women who were just badasses. <laughs> And yes, there have been moments I have felt overwhelmed in the past four years or sad. Um, however, what I've also felt in the last four years is hopeful and uplifted and empowered by the strength, by the courage and the tenacity of our clients as they just kind of break through those barriers and break down those doors of stereotypes that the community has about it, what it means to be a survivor of sexual assault. And that is breathtaking, like on any day of the week. So I'm really glad that my 20-year-old self-experience, while it was a little scary to start working here and in this field, um, and now it's like, oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. So yeah, it wasn't what I thought it was. <laughs> what about you, Terry? When you started, you know, when you went from a volunteer, you know, to now our legal advocate with attitude, <laughs> um, is working in sexual trauma what you thought it was from your volunteer aspect right versus your new aspect I'm really curious like what are you gonna how well, you gonna answer this one? well from librarian to volunteer to full-time staff in New Beginnings is night and day it's the difference between I don't know night and day yeah, I guess yeah um the field that I worked in before was you know also a professional field but it was so I don't know. It was just so different. And then when I started as a volunteer, I can remember that the first time I walked into the ER, I had had, 
you know, 40 hours of training, eight months before my first hospital call because I would go on, or my first ER call, because I would go on call maybe two or three shifts a month Mm -hmm. to help out. And so just the chips fall where they may. Trauma's weird and it's, you know, only on its own time. And so um, it had been eight months since I'd had my training and I walked into the ER shaking. My hands were clammy and sweaty and I, I knew a thimbleful Thimbleful's worth of information about mm-hmm. how to help these people and felt inept. Like, why, why am I even doing this? Why did these people let me volunteer? Because I clearly don't know what I'm doing fully. But, you know, it worked out. I learned that <clears throat> just being a physical and emotional presence, mm-hmm. and if you just try mm-hmm. to help people, and if you're genuine They will respond to that, and that is help in and of itself. Yeah. So I did that for a couple of years. And then when I started on staff, holy moly, I can remember about the first quarter that I worked here. So for about the first three months, I had worked doing crisis sessions, crisis intervention with people in the office, so one-on-one crisis counseling and Mm -hmm. trauma education. I had started learning how to implement grant goals and work in a nonprofit. It was it was a steep, steep learning curve. But for the first three months, because of the the experiences that I was hearing from the many clients that I saw and talked to on the phone during that three months, I can clearly remember everywhere I went, the grocery store, Target, walking down the street. It didn't matter. Driving down the street, no matter where I went for about the first three months, I looked at everybody around me, strangers, friends, family, and I thought to myself, what happened to you in your life? Or are you really a perpetrator of sexual harm? What have you done? Mm -hmm. And it was very like an acute trauma response where mm-hmm. I was still functioning and I was happy and, and healthy and all that, but it was still this somewhat acute trauma response. It lasted about three months. And then after that, through repetition and through debriefing with staff, um, you know, as, as necessary, I easily acclimated, you know, and, and that, that trauma response went away. And I don't think those things anymore, you know, mm-hmm. as far as, as people, but it was almost a dissociative experience mm-hmm. where I would be like, it was like the scales had fallen from my eyes, even though I had been a true crime aficionado my whole life and read a lot of true crime and watched a lot of documentaries. I had, you know, experienced certain traumas, or had known family members who had, it's just a whole different ballgame when you are the helper and you're taking on people's trauma and you're trying to help them in an efficient, professional, trauma-informed, competent way. And then you're hearing the volume of it day after day after day. And for about three months, there was some emotional dissociation a little bit over being overwhelmed. Um, But then after that, it faded. Mm -hmm. So it was what I thought it would be 
in some ways. In other ways, it was totally brand new, and there's no way I could have known, you know, certain things about the job. Um, but it was it was what I thought it would be to a certain extent because I had been a volunteer, but it was amplified. Mm-hmm. Because as a volunteer, I might go in for, you know, an hour or two a month. Here, you know, as you said previously, it's eight hours or more a day. And, you know, we're recording this podcast on a Saturday when it's nice and quiet here. Um, And so it's both. It's what I thought it would be based on my volunteer time with New Beginnings, but amplified more than I could have ever known Mm -hmm. and had that short term kind of acute trauma responses, I'm settling in, but that faded and it's, you know, it's just second nature to me now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the answer to the question is really, it was both. It's what I thought it would be, but not um, in terms of the extent of the prevalence and the damage done by sexual trauma. Yeah. All right, we've made it to the last question that we're going to share. And that question is, what is the very best thing about your job here at New Beginnings? (laughs) Well, there's so many things. I'm going to start with something fun. One of the best things about my job here at New Beginnings is we're pretty close to Starbucks on Frederica. And so I love being able to take like a quick little break and order on my phone app and go grab my iced tea or my iced coffee. Um, And that's like a little joy, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, There's also just ample opportunity pre-COVID, you know, to get out into the community and to build awareness and to do outreach to different community partners who might have never heard about New Beginning. Um, I love that. I love going and introducing myself and talking about New Beginnings. I love talking about trauma, trauma stewardship. So those are really some of the best things about my job here at New Beginnings. There's a lot of flexibility and there's a lot of potential to just become the best you, right? And like the company, the organization, I should say, is invested in us as staff members. And they want us to be at our best because they know when we are at our best, that means we're providing those quality services. Um but another, I think, best thing about, you know, the job here at New Beginnings um, is the amazing staff and coworkers that we have. Like, they're just phenomenal. And everybody has a unique gift and a talent that they bring to the New Beginnings table. And I love that. Um, I love the camaraderie. I love the support. Um, I love the humor that we, you know, do <laughs> with our memes. Sometimes it's a little bit dark humor that comes out of compassion fatigue. Yes. But, yeah. But sometimes it's very light humor as well. Very much so. <laughs> very much so. Um, and I'll just, I love the support that we receive from each other. You know, all of us in the past four years that I've been here, um, every single staff member has been touched by something that has happened in their life um, that, you know, could be considered traumatic where it's, you know, death of a loved one. It's 
uh, medical illness, it's surgery, it's uh, sickness, it's car accidents, you know, it's anything. We've all experienced something. And I have never worked in an organization prior to here where I knew it was okay that I took time off because I was sick or my family members were sick and there was no pressure to come to work if you needed time, you know, um, that's a beautiful thing. And yeah. And then finally I said, this is my third best thing, but (laughs) I mean, I have to talk about Starbucks. I have to talk about my staff members who my, my family, my coworkers are like my family. Um, and then the best thing are the clients. Uh, I really genuinely love and have love in my heart for all of our clients. They are phenomenal human beings and they're just the best ever. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's funny because I used to say that too about my patients at the hospital. I would say, my God, I love my patients. They're the best people I ever get to meet. I hate that we have to meet under these circumstances. And I would go into a room and introduce myself at the hospital and I would say, Gosh, you know, I really wish I could be meeting you in the frozen food section of Kroger's instead (laughs) and asking your opinion about this brand of French fries versus this brand of French fries. You know, and and it's really true. You know, I love to talk, obviously. (laughs) I love to meet people. Um, You know, I hate the circumstances under which I get to meet individuals. However, I love the fact that I do get to meet people And I get to help them in their journey of healing. And that is so powerful. And that's really sacred, you know, to be in a room um, with someone in their most trying times and just to be present and be a source of safety. Oh, man, that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. those are those are the three best things (laughs) about my job. So what about you? What are the. What is what is the best thing, or what are the best things about your job, Terry? The very best thing is seeing the look on a client's face, or hearing the change of tone in their voice when that person and I have worked together, or that person has worked with another staff member, and I can see with my very own eyes that we have made a difference to that person. It may be a transient difference. It may be that for today, they are much more relaxed or they understand much more about the criminal justice system or they feel that they have been really heard for the first time. Oh, yeah. Or we have held their trauma because we're the first people they've ever told. And I can see Or they say sometimes, you all have made such a difference. Or why didn't I know about New Beginnings before? Or maybe it's not verbal. Maybe their their posture is just less antagonistic. Because now they understand that I am to be trusted. Or that New Beginnings is not going to be a harmful place. So that's the very best, is seeing the absolute and utter change that we can make in people And really, it's not us doing it. We're just kind of leading people, and then they do the change. But getting Mm -hmm. to witness that 
Oh, yeah. And be a part of that is truly, truly the honor of my life outside of having a child, which is the ultimate honor. Aside from that, the honor of my life is getting to see that and getting to come to work. And I think all of us here at New Beginnings feel that we get to come to work. Mm-hmm. There are days that I think are hard for different reasons. We may be tired, like, uh, you know, I just want to stay home and snuggle on my couch and watch Netflix or, you know, because you don't feel the best or whatever. But overall, I think all of us here, one of the best things is to get to come to work. I mean, we have to come to work to make a living and, yeah. but we want to come to work. And I think that's one of the best things as well from, from our selfish perspective is that we, we get to do these things. I remember when I first started for about the first year And this, again, sounds like super cheesy or corny or whatever, but I was like, I can't believe these people pay me to do this job Mm -hmm. because it just felt like such an honor to be able to learn how to help people with sexual trauma. So I think the very best thing is seeing the difference that we make. Yeah. Um, in real time with our own eyes and also over time and people continue to heal and make strides. So that's the very best. I'm not a huge Starbucks fan, so I cannot say (laughs) that is one of the best things. Although I do like their chai. I don't like coffee in general at all, but Mm -hmm. I loathe their coffee. I've tried it. It's terrible um, in my opinion. (laughs) But their chai is really, really good. Um, so anyway, that's that's my favorite thing about working here is just seeing that that we make a difference. Okay. All right. Well, Jennifer, that wraps up our shared five questions. Yeah. Um, which are the, the deepest, most complicated, most serious questions. We're going to lighten it up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, and move on to... Uh, the second set of questions. So I'm going to ask Jennifer five questions in a row, and then she's going to ask me five questions in a row. We don't really know what these questions are. So these are not rapid fire yet. Those will come last. <laughs> so, okay, Jennifer, are you ready? Okay. Let me take a deep breath in. Take a Hold deep on. breath, jog in place, center, find your motivation. I'm ready. Okay. I'm centered. Okay. What makes you lose all track of time? <laughs> I don't even want to know why you're chuckling. I don't. There's so many I don't things. Even want to know. But right now, I'm just, I have to say <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> I love TikTok. Um, it makes me laugh and I get sucked in. And there goes one hour. Yes, and I like it because I don't have to be on TikTok because I, too, would go down that rabbit hole. But you send me TikToks. Other friends and coworkers send me TikToks. It's like I'm on TikTok by just yep. absorbing it from other people. That oh. cracks me up. I share the wealth. I do not keep the laughter keep to myself. Or I just don't want to. Because I spend so much time online already. Yeah. I know if I was on TikTok, I would love it and go down that rabbit hole. 
but I'll keep you updated. Don't I, worry. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Next question. What was one of your favorite stories as a child and why? Um, gosh, one of my favorite stories as a child was a Dr. Seuss book called, Are You My Mother? And that is the first book that I learned how to read when I was itty bitty. And I still have that book to this day. It's at my parents' house, but it's mine. And uh, yeah, that was my favorite, one of my favorite books as a kid. Oh, that's a sweet one. Which, uh, next question. I just kind of barged into that. Next (laughs) question. Which talent would you like to have? Okay, so um, I don't think anybody, even like my closest of close friends, nobody knows this except for my parents. And I don't even remember. Oh, no, I don't even know if they would remember. But I would love to have the talent to sing. Now, I can sing, but I mean sing. (laughs) And I would love to sing Amazing Grace at the Grand Old Opry. I that's always been just a dream. Um, and that's yeah, that would be a beautiful talent. I wish I had that talent. (laughs) That's a great answer. (laughs) <laughs> All right, we're down to the last two of these questions, and they're they're similar. They're two sides, sort of, of the same coin. Okay. So, what um, are your favorite simple pleasures? Favorite simple pleasures, um, lots. Um, playing with my dog Kiwi. Being in my backyard, I love to grow plants. I love to plant plants, plant flowers. Um, I love being outside. I love being in nature. Those are simple pleasures. A hot cup of coffee on a cold morning. Um, Fresh hot popcorn drizzled with butter and some lightly salt. Um... Starbucks coffee, Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> coffee. I love coffee in general. Um, simple pleasures. Yeah, that's what I think. of. just spending time with quality people whom I really care about. Yeah. All right. And last question. What is one, and it can't be TikTok, what is one of your guilty pleasures? But TikTok is the answer for everything. <laughs> no, tease it. Okay. Guilty pleasure. Mm. Dove chocolate. Mm. Mm. It's silky. Mm-hmm. It's smooth. And it's the milk chocolate, not dark. I can't stand dark. So if anybody wants to drop off some milk chocolate that's Dove to New Beginnings, I'll gladly take it. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, that's a guilty pleasure. Those are great answers. Yeah. All right. I'm ready for my my turn. Okay. Bring it on. Here we go. Where do you get your best ideas? Oh, my. Where do I get my best ideas? Yeah. In my head. <laughs> in my head. I get my best ideas in my noggin. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because, oh, I love that answer because it's... Yeah, I mean, let's just be literal about it. But other than that, um, that bought me a little time to think about the real answer. I think 
at home, I think, in a place, you know, my safe place where I feel comfortable mm-hmm. um, and it can be quiet and I don't have to worry about, you know, um, extraneous, um, what's the word I'm looking for, stimuli or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'd say, I'd say quiet times at home. Lovely. Where do you find your inspiration in life? I find inspiration intrinsically. I think I have a strong sense of something inside that makes me, maybe I'm just still attached to my inner child where I find Mm -hmm. a lot of wonder. Mm -hmm. So I kind of have that just inside, but as far as other people, you know, I find inspiration from our clients, like you said earlier, are just breathtakingly brave and resilient and strong. I get inspiration from watching, um, you know, how coworkers do their jobs. Mm-hmm. I get inspiration from people being vulnerable. I think that's kind of a hot topic right now is vulnerability, but it's a long time coming. Um from people allowing themselves to be vulnerable and to share their vulnerability so that they make the world a better place because everybody doesn't feel alone. Mm-hmm. Like Facebook means some of them are really, really stupid, but some of them are all about vulnerability. And I think you know that inspires me when people do those kinds of things where they step out of the shadows and they say, me too, not to be a pun on, on the, sexual trauma, me too, but just, Mm -hmm. you know, they share of themselves. Um, That inspires me. Nature is, is huge. Just the awe and the grandeur of nature and space and exploration and learning things, you know, that are new or that are funny or that are awe-inspiring. All of those things um, inspire me too. So there's lots of things. Mm, I like that. Okay, here's a funny one. All right. If you could have one superpower in the whole world, what would that superpower be? Oh, my gosh. One superpower. One. Just one. Just one. If I had one superpower. Oh, my. Uh, dang, this one is hard, Jennifer. Um, maybe to control the elements in some way, like to control weather. And I think you mentioned that last week. I think that would be really cool to to control. It's like storm from the X-Men. Yeah, like the weather Mm -hmm. or the oceans. But the moon does that for us, you know, and gravity and all that. But still, to have the power, I don't know, but that's super selfish. I feel like I should say something like, you know, hold up the world with my shoulders or whatever, like Atlas. But I don't know, just to wield the power of nature. Yeah, I like it. How about that? That's awesome. Okay, so if you could be a spice what kind of spice would you be and why? Oh, gosh. Um, I think I would be, I think I would be cinnamon because I'm a little sweet. 
and the spicy. And that's why I would be cinnamon. I love it. Okay, now this is probably one of the best questions ever. And I wish <laughs> oh, no. I wish I had had the brain power to think of this one. I digress. Okay. Picture this. Sicily, 1918. I'm sorry. I'm a, <laughs> it's, I'm a Golden Girls fan. Sorry. Do you remember that? I do. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I digress too. Picture this. It's 2020. It's Owensboro. Mm -hmm. And the CDC has been preparing us for years. You're not painting a good picture, Jennifer. For okay, what is about to happen or has happened. Because the zombie apocalypse has occurred in Owensboro, Kentucky, and it's 2020. And again, the CDC has prepared us. As you know, on their website, they had what to do for in case of a zombie apocalypse years ago. So <laughs> what are two to three items that you're going to need to survive the Owensboro zombie apocalypse of 2020? All right. Well, my brain is immediately going to, because I do like to hike and camp. So I'm like, what other survival things do I have or should you have when camping for survival? And can I, re, can I apply those to zombies or not? Hmm. Well, and I don't know a lot about zombies. So you can kill one, but I think you have to shoot it in the head. So maybe you'd need a pistol. Yeah. But then you'd need ammo. Yeah. So that's two things. Yeah. So I'm going to say a pistol and ammo to kill the zombies. And then a third, I'm going to have a third item. I think maybe a whistle. So in case I needed help or to warn someone of something, I'd blow a whistle. I don't know. That's something you should have when you hike and camp in case of emergency. So I love it. Maybe it would work. <laughs> I don't know. But that's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. I love it. Oh, wow, Terry. This this, this <laughs> hour has gone quickly. This has been a journey. This has been great. And now we're at the point of our rapid-fire questions. Oh, you know what we totally forgot to tell our I audience? Because I just hit the microphone. Um. So what's really cool about this podcast is that we're doing this first episode together, but Terry and I are going to be doing separate episodes. Oh, yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Like, so I think it's the second and fourth Tuesday of the month. Mm -hmm. We're going to be dropping um, our own podcasts and they're going to be very different. Like mine's going to be focused on trauma and therapy and the therapist view and different things like that. And Terry's is going to be focused on the legal aspect in the community and trauma. But it just occurred to me that we could also come back together maybe toward the end of each season, like a like a Brady Bunch reunion or a cast reunion and yeah. maybe do, you know, revisit at the end of the season or something. Yeah. We don't know that for sure. I'm just throwing that out there because we it's all that. brand new. What did you learn the past season? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I'm game. We're just going to play this podcast thing, you know, by ear yeah. as we go. But yeah, so just stay tuned because I'm telling you, this you season never know. is going to be awesome. It's our inaugural season. No telling what's going to happen. That's true. We both like to talk yeah. a lot yeah. and we like to have a good time and we like each other. So 
It's know? all gravy. It's all gravy. So here we go. Rapid fire. I'll ask first. Okay. I'm going to ask 10 questions. Okay. And these are just like, boom. Boom off the top of my head. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. What was your favorite subject in high school? Theater. What kind of ice cream do you like? Chocolate. What's the most important thing you own? My car. What game do you like to play? Tennis. Name something you want to buy right now. Uh, a camper to pull behind my car. Name something you're afraid of. Spiders. What do you like to do in cold weather? Light a candle and sit on my couch and read or watch a movie. What do you like to do in warm weather? Be outside as much as possible. What holiday do you enjoy the most? Halloween. What sport do you like? I like tennis. So that was answering the two questions. Yeah. And then finally, if you were a cereal, what kind of cereal would you be? I think that's 10. <laughs> I think I would be Captain Crunch. Let me retract my or qualify my last um, my last answer on what sport do I like. Mm -hmm. I do like tennis. I love tennis, but I would be remiss if I didn't say University of Kentucky basketball men and women's teams. Let me just clear that up right now. Spoken like a true Kentuckian. <laughs> All right. Okay, Jennifer. I'm ready. All right. Who is your best friend? Oh, my best friend. I have two. Actually, I call them my sisters, Jill and Claire. Okay. Do you have a pet? Yes, Kiwi. She's a chihuahua. She's nine pounds. Who is the bravest person you know? The bravest person I know is my best friend slash sister, Jill. Undoubtedly. Name a time when you were embarrassed. Oh, my gosh. I was at Kroger's. I went to stretch with my hands on the cart and lift my leg up, and I kicked an older man in a wheeled <laughs> cart and he cussed at me and I Aww. cried and I was embarrassed, but I understand why he cussed. Yeah. I didn't do it on purpose either. Well, he shouldn't have cussed. Yeah. Name one thing you like about yourself. Just one. This dice is just one. Okay. One thing I like about myself is my quirky personality. <laughs> what do you want to be when you were older? <laughs> What do I want to be when I'm older? Uh, I don't know. I guess um, I want to be a writer. I would love to write some books. All right. I think we're down to the last four. Okay. Um, who is the actor you like best? Oh, my gosh. So the actor that I like best, I don't know his real name, but I know his character name. And that's Jax from Sons of Anarchy. Jax Teller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. If you were an animal, what kind would you be? Anyone who knows me mm -hmm. knows this answer. A sloth. Mm -hmm. You and, oh my gosh, her name, Kristen Bell. You and Kristen Bell love sloths. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, I'm turning the die, turning the die. Name a time when you were scared. Um, probably this past week, 
Yeah, I've been scared this past week. Okay. And the last question is, bum, 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 mm -hmm. who is the athlete you like best? <laughs> I know you're such a sports fan. I don't, so, I don't who even follow sports. Is so. the athlete. Think of an athlete from the 70s or the 80s. That's that's acceptable. Any athlete I was do. watching the A-team. Um, so, okay, <laughs> so here's the thing. I don't really care for sports. I'm not a sports person. However, what I will say is that any athlete that has made money and they are reinvesting in their communities or they are investing in organizations that are promoting social justice and empowerment, those are the athletes that I admire and that I like. Oh, that's a perfect answer. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Well, we've made it through a whole big bunch of questions and listeners, if you've stuck with us, well done. And we thank you for getting to know us a little bit better. Yeah, we're so excited to meet you. And if you want to reach out and talk to us, you can email us. And our email address is sbl at nbowensboroaltogether.org. Well, we made it to the end of our episode. We want to thank you for listening. We also want to thank VOCA for funding our podcast. VOCA stands for Victims of Crime Act. This project was supported by grant number VOCA 2020 Green River 00026, awarded through the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet by the United States Department of Justice. The opinions, findings, conclusions, and recommendations expressed in this publication, program, exhibition are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet or the U.S. Department of Justice. We also want to give a big shout out and a thank you to Seth Hedges of Uriah Wild Media. He is the amazing individual who created the beautiful music for our podcast, we thank you so much, Seth. I'm going to encourage you to go check out his stuff. He's pretty talented and awesome. You can find him at www.uriahwild.com. That's www.uriahwild.com. And finally, we want to give a really special shout out to Rodney Newton for being our amazing technical advisor. He has spent several Saturdays and days throughout the week to help us get this podcast up and going. Rodney, you are our captain. And finally, we hope that you'll take something you heard today and change the world tomorrow. Join us next time on Start By Listening. And as always, please remember that New Beginnings is here for you to listen or help 24 hours a day. Just give us a call, 1-800-226-7273.